Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Be Bullish podcast with Alex Ely. I am CIO of the U.S. Growth Equity Team here at Macquarie, here to give you our views on the, the news of the day, what matters and what doesn't, and what we're seeing in terms of equities and long-term investment uh, out there in the marketplace. Really, we want to answer the questions that people have for us in, in respect to Outlook. Okay, right now on a year-to-date basis, one of the biggest things that we get asked about is how value is doing versus growth. It's been a huge divergence. After value underperformed last year and for the last three years, five years, 10 years, and so forth uh, on an annualized basis, uh, value outperformed dramatically this year as the reopening uh, came into play. In essence, last year, we experienced the digitalization of many different industries out of necessity. You use e-commerce instead of going shopping. You use virtual healthcare instead of going to the doctor. You use mobile financial services instead of going to the bank. Um, all of those things uh, work towards growth industries, whether they be technology or healthcare or certain parts of the consumer landscape or what have you. Once a vaccine was uh, in essence approved in mid-November, we saw value stocks come into action. And many of the, the larger uh, industries within value like financials, uh, deep cyclical industrials, materials, energy names have been the best performers this year. And the reason that they have is that those names were really in duress. In a lot of ways, it was very hard to, to uh, evaluate them just because you, you couldn't understand what normalized revenue and earnings rates would be post-pandemic and when that post-pandemic would be. Uh, we're still looking forward today. So regardless, that's where this outperformance came from with value. At this point, it's pretty extreme. If you look at small cap value versus small cap growth indices, uh, small cap value is outperforming by over 25%. That's huge. If you look at the last five years, though, small cap growth has outperformed small cap value by about 75%. So that goes to show how over a longer period of time, uh, growth has outperformed. And, and one of the reasons that, that we favor it altogether as we go um, into the second half. I believe at this point, as rates have stopped going up, as inflation cur uh, concerns are, are tampered to some degree, that we should see growth perform in line with, with value in the second half. Okay, the next topic is the meme stocks. My goodness, um, this is nuts what's been going on here. Uh, and, and please, I, I don't want to be a naysayer. I don't want to be the old guy on TV saying that this is preposterous or anything like that. Um, I don't begrudge the fact that, that, um, that we're seeing these meme stocks do well. First off, what, what are meme stocks? Meme stocks are companies that have uh, huge amounts of trading volume that, that have been induced by uh, active social media, where lots of people get together, uh, most likely on the retail side, and pump certain names, and in essence, to get them to move. Uh, dramatically. We look at this as gambling. Um, you could do it if you want to. If you want to traffic in those names, go ahead. Um, but if you look at the longer term prospects of these companies, it's really not reflective of the prices that people are paying today. In some cases, these companies are trading at 10 times uh, all time valuation levels. So very much higher while their business models are still the same. Still the same. That means nothing's changed. Same amount of debt, same amount of, uh, of revenues forecast, same, same, same amount 
uh, of liabilities and so forth, and yet the the price of the uh, of the company has gone up uh, fivefold, tenfold, what have you. So, um, pretty incredible to see, quite entertaining. Uh, but I see it as a gamble, and I think it will come in. The next topic is cryptocurrencies. And uh, we, we've talked about it, and it's been coming true. Bitcoin went down as much as 50% off of highs on the specific concerns that we highlighted here on this podcast, where we worried that countries wouldn't let the sovereignty of their currencies get away. And then eventually, as cryptocurrencies became bigger and bigger, that they would step in to regulate. We saw it again over the last two weeks, uh, Weibo. The uh, Chinese media conglomerate has shut down many uh, crypto sites uh, on their platform. We saw the uh, head of the IRS come out and say that that the tax consequences of crypto trading could be looked at in more depth. And, and it's hit those currencies dramatically. As I mentioned, uh, Bitcoin down 50%. And many of the companies that are involved with cryptocurrencies down significantly off of this as well. I don't think this is a, a investment class that goes away. I just, in, you know, I implore people to be careful again when it comes to cryptocurrencies. Okay, on policy, we're really seeing policies fall apart. Um, none of these have been formally introduced, but in essence, they were floated in the media and then withdrawn. So uh, people were asking me about what was going to happen with Biden's corporate tax rates uh, at 28%. A month ago, I told people not to worry. And sure enough, he then floated at them to be at 25%. Now he's floating them to go off at 21%, which is barely higher than where we are already. So that effort has sort of gone away. And even on the infrastructure bill, same thing, introduced at 2.1 trillion, floated out again at 1.7, hasn't been able to get a bipartisan deal. Uh, and again, not getting anything done didn't matter in the first place. Um, I think the markets generally like this. A lot of money has already been spent, for, uh, first off. Second off, uh, you could see rates come down a little bit as um, this happens. So that's generally perceived as, as good for the overall market. And in general, people don't like, uh, or not people, but, but investors don't enjoy major um, changes when it comes to policy. That diminishes visibility. That makes it harder to understand where the future is, and thus harder to give a, a larger valuation. So uh, regardless, uh, that's the changes on, on taxes and infrastructure. Rates, as I just mentioned, have come back down to one and a half percent. This was something that everyone was worried about when they were up at 1.7 percent, uh, coming off of the 57 basis point level that they were at last September. Uh, it was perceived as a huge move. Now they've come off with some significance. Uh, people aren't talking about it again. And just there, look at all the news that I went through: rotation, meme stocks, crypto, taxes, infrastructure rates. None of it really matters for long-term investment. For long-term investment, you want to have a definitive view of where the world is going and get in front of that by owning what we believe are the best companies uh, that are positioned in, in respect to leadership and market cap gains or best product, best service over the long run. Okay, on to the real news. Um, it's the economy reopening, and it all has to do with the end of the pandemic, which is levered towards uh, vaccinations. Vaccinations are going well. Um, we, we've seen them introduced for uh, people 12 to 17 years old. Pfizer has now started to test uh, kids between the age of five and 12 with the vaccine. They use a lower dose, typically with vaccines. To, uh, children need less antigens to develop an immune response. Um, that's never. This has never been tested with RNA 
uh, vaccines like the one that uh, Pfizer has developed. But the thinking is that that will hold true here as well. So hopefully we'll have a safe vaccine for children uh, in the near future. Um, meanwhile, outside of that, uh, the rates of deaths and cases and hospitalizations are down 70, 80, 90% across the country and falling quickly. We're starting to see the, the markets reopen. Interestingly, um, it, <laughs> you can't just turn on a switch when it comes to some of these industries. It's tough to reopen um, so, some of these businesses. Just think if you're running a cruise line, you have to hire people, you have to schedule things, you have to do lots of training and cleaning and, and what are you gonna do about vaccination cards and so forth. You, know, you certainly don't wanna have an outbreak on a, on a cruise ship, uh, bringing bad PR and pushing out reopenings further. So it's just clunky. We've also seen this in terms of rehiring. Uh, lots of businesses having trouble rehiring workers, particularly on the lower end. That's uh, caused an increase in wages for minimum wage workers, which I think is a good thing uh, for the long run. It's also introduced more benefits being offered for, for these, these people. Uh, in general, we should see the labor markets open up more and more throughout the summer. And then I'm really looking at Labor Day as a big point in time. At that point in time, the extra unemployment benefits that people are receiving nationwide end. So that's one impetus that would make people want to go back to work. The second part is kids are, will be going back to school. Hopefully all of our schools will be open. And if that's the case, that takes care of childcare concerns. And then finally, for those that are still reticent about the disease, hopefully we'll see that the, the pandemic numbers come down more and more and more, and those people will be able to gain comfort with uh, where the world is headed. So as we enter that reopening, I, I think we enter a positive um, fundamental feedback loop. I think the companies that can grow, that are, are, that are going to be able to do well, not just this year, but into 2022 and 2023, that have underperformed significantly this year, are in a good spot. So we're very supportive of, of long-term thinking. We're very supportive of, of growth names in the market. Of course, we're talking our own tune here, but uh, we really do believe that this is where wealth is created uh, in the economy. And I'll say it again, look at the largest companies in, in the United States, Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Johnston Johnson, Tesla, uh, Coca-Cola, all leaders of long-term disruptions that occurred out there. And that's what the way we believe you should be investing in order to create value and create wealth over the long run. Okay, that's it for the podcast. If you do have questions, you can uh, email them in to mampodcasts.com. That's M-A-M podcasts.com. Thank you and have a great day. This recording is intended for financial professionals and institutional investors only. This is not intended for use with the general public. The views expressed in this podcast represent those of the speaker and are subject to change. Nothing presented should be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any security or follow any investment technique or strategy and does not constitute advice, an advertisement, an invitation, a confirmation, an offer or a solicitation to engage in any investment activity or an offer of any banking or financial service. Throughout this presentation, various securities and companies are referenced. Examples given are for illustrative purposes only and were not chosen based on performance. This is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. 
All examples herein are for illustrative purposes only, and there can be no assurance that any particular investment objectives will be realized or any investment strategy seeking to achieve such objective will be successful. Past performance is not a reliable indication of future performance. Before acting on any information, you should consider the appropriateness of it with regard to your particular objectives, financial situation and needs, and seek advice. No representation or warranty, expressed or implied, is made as to the accuracy or completeness of the information, opinions, and conclusions presented. In preparing this recording, Reliance has been placed without independent verification on the accuracy and the completeness of all information available from external sources. Macquarie Asset Management is the marketing name for the Asset Management Division of Macquarie Group. Investment products and advisory services are distributed and offered by and referred through affiliates, which include Delaware Distributors LP, a registered broker-dealer and member of the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority, and Macquarie Investment Management Business Trust, a Securities and Exchange Commission registered investment advisor. Investment advisory services are provided by a series of Macquarie Investment Management Business Trusts, Other than Macquarie Bank Limited, none of the entities noted in this podcast are authorized deposit-taking institutions for the purposes of the Banking Act of 1959 from the Commonwealth of Australia. The obligations of these entities do not represent deposits or other liabilities of Macquarie Bank Limited. Macquarie Bank Limited does not guarantee or otherwise provide assurance in respect of the obligations of these entities unless noted otherwise.